Pumpkin was a methamphetamine which Hitler gave his soldiers to boost their battlefield performance. The question is, did it work? And if so, why don't we use it today? Hello and welcome back to Back From Future. I'm Sir John Coach and today we'll be discussing the Third Reich's use of Pervitin, a dangerous methamphetamine which was supposed to boost performance. So, drugs are bad. That seems to be cons- the consensus among everyone nowadays, but from a few people. However, people still use them for performance enhancements, such as steroids for sports and a few others. Pervitin was just like this, but much, much, much more extreme. Methamphetamine was discovered in 1887 by a Romanian chemist, Lazar Edelinu, who named it... Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Phenethylus... Anyway, Japanese scientists Nagai Nagayoshi and Akira Agata furthered this and made a simpler way to synthesize it later on. Although it was originally prescribed to treat ADHD, meth became widely used for other diseases and conditions such as obesity. It was in the 1930s when Otto Friedrich Rank of the German Military Medical Academy advised the Wehrmacht and the Nazi High Command that in the event of a war, methamphetamines would be a useful asset for its stimulating and energizing effects for the soldiers. When war did break out in 1939, the Nazis began a program of giving soldiers an unlimited supply of the drug, which they synthesized into a tablet named Pervitin, produced in Berlin by the Tablet Corporation. The soldiers loved it as it let them stay awake for days at a time and gave them self-confidence. They called it a number of things, such as tank chocolate or panzer chocolade, or Hermann Goring pills after the Nazi officer behind the supply of, her- of Pervitin. Another name was Stuka tablets after the German bu- dive bomber Junkers Ju-87, aka Stuka, who had begun to epitomise Nazi air power. The problem came when soldiers got addicted. An example of addiction was Heinrich Boll, a German writer and Wehrmark soldier who wrote to his parents in 1939 while fighting in Poland, saying, It's tough out here and I hope you'll understand I'm a- if I'm only able to write to you every once, in- uh, once every two or four days soon. Today I'm writing to you mainly to ask for Pervitin. Another example is Gerd Schmickel. He said, I could not sleep. During the attack I had taken too much Pervitin. We had all been dependent on it for a long time. Everyone swallowed the stuff more frequently and in greater doses. The pill seemed to remove the sense of agitation. I stood into a world of bright indifference. Danger lost its edge. One's own power seemed to increase. After the battle, one hovered in a strange state of intoxication with a deep need for sleep, fought with clear alertness. Even Otto Rank himself became addicted. This led to the institution of the prescription system in 1940, which gave soldiers a prescription of two pills a day, with which many soldiers abused. Despite this, however, many believe it gave the Nazis an upper hand early on in the war. Hitler was advised against the advance through the Ardennes forest, but he said that it could be done, as he believed the soldiers, that if the soldiers were in Pervitin, fatigue wouldn't be a problem for them. Norman Oler, a historian and author who wrote about Pervitin, said, No drugs, no invasion, and believed that it was a huge factor in Nazi occupation of France. The most shocking story of all, however, was the story of Aimo Koivunen. On March 18, 1944, Aimo, a Finnish soldier, assigned to ski in the terrain of Kantalati in Finnish Lapland, was in his third day behind enemy lines when his group was ambushed by Soviet forces. 
After an intense firefight, the men managed to throw off their pursuers. The group then skied all morning, and by afternoon, Kavunin was extremely tired and on the verge of fainting. He remembered that he carried the group's entire supply of Pervitin in his breast pocket. He decided to take one. Without stopping, Kavunin dug into his breast pocket, but with clumsy winter mittens, it was difficult to pick one pill, so he grabbed a handful and put them all in his mouth. Kavunin would later learn that he had taken all of the Pervitin in his pocket, a total of 30 pills. Within a few minutes, an intense energy surged through his entire body. Kavun described the sensation like being born a new man. With his newfound energy, the group made hasty progress through the snow, but the effects lasted only a short duration. The overdose began to get its hold on Kavun, and he started to slip out of consciousness, the very thing he wanted to avoid. When he woke up from his trance-like state, Kavun found himself a hundred kilometers away. He had lost his patrol, his ammunition and food. He had no recollection of this phase of the journey. He began to ski towards where he believed he lost his team members, while continuing to fight waves of drowsiness and hallucination. This state of delirium lasted several days, with alternating phases of wakefulness and sleep. After successfully slipping past another Russian partisan force, Kavunin stepped on a landmine and his leg was blown away. Unable to move, Kavunin laid in a ditch for a week at minus 20 degrees, waiting for, for help to arrive. When he was found, he had lost 43 kilos and his pulse rate was over 200 beats per minute. Kavunin had skied over 400 kilometers, surviving on pine, nut, pine buds and a Siberian jay that he caught in eight raw. Seeing this problem, the Nazis attempted to restrict Pervitin and planned for a new pill named DIX, or D9, which contains 5 milligrams of cocaine, 3 milligrams of Pervitin, and 5 milligrams of Eucodol, a morphine based painkiller. When the war was over, the use of methods of performance-enhancing drugs died out, but even into the 50s, the, U- the US used it to treat obesity. So there you have it, the history of methamphetamines is perform- for performance enhancement. Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting, and now we are going to talk to my guest, Norman Erler, author of Blitzed, Drugs in Nazi Germany, a book about not only Pervitin, but also Hitler's only use of drugs for his personal recreation. Okay, so I'm going to start recording, and I'll just bring up my questions. Is that alright with you? Yes. Thank you. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm starting recording now. Um, So now we're talking to my first guest of season four of my podcast, uh, Norman Ola, best-selling writer and author of multiple best-selling books, mainly focusing on World War II history, such as Blitzed, a book focusing on the topic of today's episode, which is Pervitin, which is the Nazi uh, performance-enhancing methamphetamine drug. So, uh, would you mind saying a little bit about yourself, please? Um, I'm Norman Oler. I live in Berlin. Um, I've been a writer for 30 years now. Uh, published four novels and two non-fiction books. The newest one is called The Infiltrators, which just came out in the UK. Cool. So, my first question is, do you think that ultimately the use of Pervitin actually boosted the performance of the Nazis? Because on one hand, it was performance enhancing, but on the other hand, it did cause multiple problems within the Nazi ranks such as addiction and uh, death due to overdose? Well, I think in the beginning of the war, 
in the campaign against Poland and in the campaign against France and uh, Britain, pavitin was used uh, beneficially, if you will, uh, for the Germans because they were able to stay awake longer than the Allies, which gave them an, an advantage on the battlefield. But mm. as the war went on, especially when Germany attacked the Soviet Union, um, Pavitin was not really an advantage anymore because soldiers became addicted mm. uh, and they needed more and more of the methamphetamine so it had the opposite effect in the long run. Okay. So, do you do you ultimately think that the war would have ended earlier had the Nazis not used it? It's hard to say because war is such a complex um, phenomenon and um, the early successes of Germany were related to Pavitin, but we cannot say that only because they took the drug, only because they took the stimulant, they were so successful. There were other reasons for it too. Um, for sure the war would have been different. Probably it would have been shorter. Mm. And for sure Germany would have lost also. So one thing that I've seen, one sort of theory that I've seen quite a lot, well, not quite a lot, but when researching this episode, I saw this theory come up a bit, is some people think that Povertin could have been adopted on a larger scale and could have been used for the greater good. Do you agree with that, that opinion, or do you think it, it just was too volatile and unpredictable? Well, I would say that... Um... Pervitin, which is methamphetamine, is a dangerous drug because it does deplete the body over a period of time and it leads to um, at least psychological addiction. So I, I don't think, I think the Germans made the most out of methamphetamine. I don't think it could have been used uh, in a more beneficial way, actually. Okay. So one other thing that uh, I think one other thing that came up with when I, I was researching this episode is Hitler himself was actually addicted to I think it was heroin. So do you think that that inf affected his judgment, or do you think that he he would have lost the war anyway? Well, Hitler was always proud to be a very healthy person. But this was, in fact, propaganda because he was using a lot of substances uh, that were delivered to him by his personal physician, Theo Morel. That was the name of the doctor. Um, but we can see from Morel's records um, that from 1936 to 1940, what was mostly given to Hitler were vitamins, and substances they were, that were not harmful. And in fact, we can see that in the beginning, Hitler's uh, decisions and also military decisions lead to success. Um, I mean, he did make some mistakes, but 
mostly the war was going well for Germany until 1940, the summer of 1940. Um, the big mistake, obviously, was to attack the Soviet Union, and we cannot pinpoint this decision to drugs that he was taking, but we can pinpoint it to his racist convictions that um, people in the East, the Slavs, are subhumans and should be should be the slaves to the German uh, master race. So this is this is really what brought him down because uh, obviously this is not the case. And um, when he attacked the Soviet Union, he faced an enemy that in the end would beat him. Um, but we can also see, or in addition to that, we can see that in that second phase of the war, which started in summer 1941 with the attack on the Soviet Union, Hitler starts to use more and more um, drugs and also heavy drugs like opioids and cocaine um, in order to keep his mood uh, stable. But in fact, these drugs had, had, had a different effect. They actually uh, led him into a world of make-believe and resulted in decisions of, of him, of his, that were not really addressing the problems that his army faced. So um, the drugs, especially between in the during the end between 1943 and 1945, seriously damaged Hitler's ability to judge what were the right decisions, and therefore um, enhanced the uh, downfall of the so-called Third Reich. Okay. So, um, thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, it was just, that those are my questions, and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure, thank you. Alright, thank you, uh, I'm gonna hang up now, bye. Have a good... So yeah, that's it for today's episode. I hope you tune in for next week's episode, which will probably be about uh, a history of Japan, or it will either either be about a history of Japan or the history of the Byzantines. Depends on which one I'm feeling like releasing that week. Uh, Yeah, go and follow me on Instagram at at Back from Future Podcast, and I might create a YouTube soon, so stay tuned for that. I'll I'll keep you guys updated on my Instagram. 